0: We have no bricks and mortar. Our offices are donated. We don't sell tickets. We don't put on performances. That's not what we do. What we do is to help develop relationships and deepen those relationships.
1: Hello and welcome to AI, also known as Arts In, the podcast produced by Creative Pinellas. I'm Barbara St. Clair, your host, and I'm here today with Susanna Weymouth from the Tampa Bay Businesses for Culture and the Arts. She's the Executive Director. And Susanna, welcome. Thanks, Barbara. The Tampa Bay Business Committee for the Arts, Tampa
0: Bay BCA, was started by a group of business leaders in the Tampa Bay area in 1989. And they modeled the BCA after the first started by the late David Rockefeller in 1967 in New York. So we're one of 11 national BCAs, and then some years later, the BCAs merged with Americans for the Arts Mm. to try to explain and encourage businesses to strategically align in support of the arts.
1: Tell us what you do as the executive director for this organization. How do you spend your time? What do you do? So since I am the only employee,
0: I do everything. Mm -hmm. We have eight different programs that we run, and those programs include calls to artists, They include cultural encounters, chalk walks. We've been doing chalk walks with the Gasparilla Festival of the Arts for nearly 10 years. We also have a number of different programs that are really about bringing businesses together with arts and cultural organizations, introducing them to individual artists, helping them to connect, to become more aware, hopefully driving audiences to those arts and cultural organizations and helping the businesses to engage more deeply we hope that that in turn stimulates support so we're a support organization so what does that look like bringing them businesses together with artists so that we do in many different ways primarily through our Art in Lobbies program. We have a complimentary service for our partners where we will propose to them different types of artists depending on the type of physical environment. Some firms have a lot of glass, so we might consider 3D artists or even glass artists. Some of the firms have walls, so they're more interested in 2D. Some prefer contemporary, some prefer modern art or impressionists. And so there's so many really wonderful artists in the Tampa Bay area that don't necessarily get in front of these businesses Mm -hmm. and we will propose this. And if the artist agrees and the business agrees, then those works are on loan for a period of time, usually three to six months. They are for sale. We serve as the honest broker in the sense that we just forge the introductions and help the businesses to become aware. But then they work out the actual arrangements with the artist. The artist gets 100% of the sale and the business might decide to buy the artworks or one artwork or one of their clients might come in and say, Wow, that's gorgeous. Who's that by? Mm -hmm. And so it really helps to inform a very broad audience. And then we can also arrange around those artwork loans, cultural encounters Mm -hmm. with the artist, where the firms can use it to let their employees know what they're seeing and living with on a day-to-day basis, invite their clients, There's a movement right now in terms of health and wellness that is focused very much on surrounding yourself with art, for stimulating dialogue and discussion and beautifying your environment and just helping people to come in contact with something that represents creativity and hopefully spurring that in themselves. So how do you find your artists and how do you find your businesses? Our partners come to us partly and partly we seek them out because we feel that it's important that they become aware of arts and culture as economic drivers, which is what David Rockefeller said, arts is not a luxury. It's an essential part of our economy. There are many reports and studies that prove this, how many dollars go back into the economy, but also for businesses, if you think about it, these arts and cultural organizations, their programs, their initiatives, They're bringing something that makes the area and the county, the city, an attractive area. Businesses that are looking to relocate or Mm -hmm. businesses that are looking to expand or businesses that are looking to attract a high level workforce. Arts and cultural offerings is one of the most important things that will aid in attracting and retaining businesses and again, a good workforce. We're Tampa Bay Businesses for Culture and the Arts. We're based and have always been 100% on voluntary donations from the private sector. We don't receive a penny of government money. We're looking to fill that niche where the government money stops. One of the things that these programs allow us to do is that let's say you're a law firm or let's say you're a wealth management company and you come to one of our cultural encounters. You're not even necessarily a partner yet. And you bring some employees, some colleagues, and you like it so much that you keep coming. And let's say you come to one at Jobsite Theatre or So, what, or Stage what would Works. that look
1: like, a, a cultural encounter at one of the theaters?
0: So, at one of the theaters, it would be usually with the playwright and with the artistic or producing director, or both. And it's a platform, a vehicle, and value added dialogue. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's curated dialogues where we bring the business community. And perhaps they've never been before mm-hmm. and it's usually before the performance that evening they get to hear about how the director approaches this or why the material as a playwright why it was written what inspired them why did they take this particular track then it's not necessary or compulsory to stay for the performance obviously most people do And then what happens? You go, wow, this is amazing because you've already been prepared. You're informed. It's an enriching experience. And it it adds to what you were maybe already going to see, or perhaps you weren't going at all. And so again, we're trying to drive audiences. Same thing with the museums, whether it's the Florida Museum of Photographic Arts, or whether it's a small nonprofit gallery such as Tempest Projects, and everywhere in between. We've done a number of cultural encounters at the Arts Exchange with different artists. And we like to do multidisciplinary cultural encounters. We did one, for instance, with Wendy Durand at the Arts Exchange and Helen Pruitt Wallace, the Poet Mm -hmm. Laureate of St. Pete. Mm -hmm. It's about stimulating. It's about discovering. It's very easy because we make it so. We give you the information beforehand of whom you're going to see. But then you're with a peer group of like-minded professionals. And then what happens? You become attracted to one particular And you say, wow, I loved that. I had no idea that the Florida Museum of Photographic Arts was doing things like that. So we hope that our partners will sponsor exhibitions, get involved, become partners and supporters and donors of the different arts and cultural organizations. Many of them do. So at the end of the day, we're talking about the same goals, which is excellence. Our professionals want that in their businesses. Our arts and cultural organizations want that. Our artists are striving for that, and that's how they distinguish themselves. I think that we want an excellent community that everyone sees as really stellar in terms of all of those aspects coming together. We have over 50 partners. All of them believe very strongly in the type of programming that we're bringing for their benefit and the benefit of the community. Our programs are all free. We only have once a year of fundraiser and that's Impact Awards in October. And that's another important thing that I think the organization does. Since the beginning of our founding in 1989, every year the organization has recognized extraordinary contributions to and in support of arts and culture. Mm -hmm. Last year, we recognized Michael Francis, the conductor, artistic director of the Florida Orchestra. People said, but he's only just basically arrived. And we said, well, exactly. Don't we want such an international superstar, now that he's come, to stay?
1: Isn't that an interesting question? It's like, we shouldn't recognize somebody because they haven't gotten old and gray with us yet. We recognize the Gobioth Foundation precisely
0: for that. They've already had a tremendous impact, and yet they've only been up as a foundation working in the area for a relatively short period of time, and they're both a young couple. It's not about your age, it's not about your stage. We've recognized Ruby C. Williams. She won't tell her age, but it's close to 100. Mm. We've recognized a number of artists that we feel, again, should be held up as exemplary role models and as inspirations.
1: It's clear to me that what you are doing is very, very well thought out. As I'm listening to you, it's it's very logical. It's very, oh, okay. But I know that it's taken a lot of elbow grease, right? Well,
0: (laughs) I like to use a phrase that we box above our fighting weight. Uh We're a relatively small organization, but we're mighty. And I think that it is because of this belief, this conviction On the part of, I have 32 board directors that are captains of industry, managing partners at law firms, and also younger partners, people who are entrepreneurial small business owners and educational representatives, community representatives. We cut across a very wide swath of the private sector. We're very inclusive. We're very, very aware of diversity and inclusion. And I think that the more professional that you are, and the more that you plan, and the more that you know your strategic goals, the easier the wheels turn.
1: Obviously, you have translated that into actions and execution. so I want to sort of shine a, a magnifying glass on something you said, because I think for a lot of arts organizations, recruiting board members, keeping board members, developing board members, all of those things are very challenging.
0: I am about relationships. I'm about connections. I've lived all over the world. I've worked all over the world. It's very easy to come and go and not have anything last. And I'm big about lasting, lasting impact, lasting friendships, lasting relationships, and meaningful ones. And so I believe that I've helped perhaps to guide the organization away from a transactional organization into a relationship organization. Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to come to Impact Awards and buy a table or buy tickets. I'm much more interested in getting to know what your strategic goals are. And seeing how our programming can help you and align with you to meet those goals. And at the same time, benefit our community with the arts and cultural organizations, individual artists that you might discover, become patrons and sponsors. Thanks to many of our cultural encounters with individual artists, they've gained a number of new patrons and sold a lot of art. We have no bricks and mortar. Our offices are donated. We don't sell tickets. We don't put on performances. That's not what we do. Right. What we do is to help develop relationships and deepen those relationships. And that goes to your other question about board directors. Right. How do we attract them? We have a nominating committee, so each of our board directors assists in identifying potential candidates but then those go to the nominating committee and they're fully vetted. And those people in turn are invited, if they haven't been already, and usually they have, to our events. And then we begin to get to know what are their reactions? What do they think? Whether it's our scholarship awards ceremony in May, whether it's impact awards in October, whether it's cultural encounters throughout the year. And perhaps they say, wow, I had no idea that the Tampa Museum of Art was doing this or this was possible at the Arts Exchange. So we're helping them to discover, and along the way, we're discovering what their passions are, what their interests are, and what the possibilities are in terms of their firms and support or individual support. We take all kinds of support, not just financial contributions, but also in kind, and sometimes a combination thereof. So I think that it's about learning, leaving yourself open, trying to welcome people that may have new ideas that haven't necessarily served on a board before, but we're going to train them and we're going to train them really well. And by the time that they, our board terms are initially for three years, they are renewable. Some people have served on the board for a long time. Some have just started. Some have gone away. Some have come back. Some rotate within their firm and say, all right, now we'd like to give an opportunity to someone else within the firm. So I think that our board directors, by the time that they have been with us for a while, are very much better prepared, if you would. We encourage them that if they are getting to know an arts and cultural organization that particularly appeals to them, we say, we'll we'll back you on that, whether they have to leave our board or can stay on both.
1: So you almost see yourself as almost like a boot camp for, for potential directors. We hope it's a little more enjoyable
0: than that. Uh, there okay. is a lot of booze and food involved in our cultural encounters. Okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not, it's, not all, it's not all governance practices and PowerPoints. But yes, I, I, I think that we're all on this journey of learning, becoming better people, better board service, becoming better citizens of our community, and making greater and more impactful contributions. The drastic, disastrous cuts that occurred last year to the arts and cultural budget, we certainly are all going to do our very best to bring that case forward to the attention of legislators And from that point of view, I think that this is another aspect of being part of Americans for the Arts, which is the advocacy. And they are excellent at providing information, one-pagers that can sum up, and you can even then drill down on their website by county. They even help you identify who your legislators are, depending on where you live and work.
1: Full transparency, you and I and and other key people have worked on the advocacy. I feel that here's where the business community
0: has a big say. Arts and culture return a great value on investment. That's proven. Right. It's a good thing that there is an organization that can speak with, and occasionally when appropriate for, on behalf of the business community, to the legislators, about this need to continue to fund arts and culture. And again, it's not a luxury. Right. A thriving arts and cultural ecosystem is critically important. There've been a number of recent studies done, including one by Harvard, I believe. It was picked up by LinkedIn. And it talked about the hard skills and the soft skills that employers are looking for today. And the top soft skill is creativity. So you're not gonna be creative if you're sitting in your cubicle all day long, even if you have an open office that now people are saying is not so good necessarily, but wherever you're working, if it's got art on the walls or standing on pedestals, bringing artists and poets or right. dancers, as let's not just stick with the visual arts, we cover all the arts, bringing them into your office, letting you explore that aspect, setting up something that's super easy where you go after work, with people that you know, able to meet new people. It's great networking at a museum, an art gallery, a performing arts center, such as the Straz for the Florida Orchestra, at a theater, any of those things and beyond. If you do that, then again, you are bound to be more stimulated. And that's going to spark, hopefully, hopefully, those dialogues are going to spark those creative skills and ideas.
1: You know, I think sometimes it's easy to lose track of how many jobs are arts-related jobs.
0: All artists, basically, most artists, are self-employed. Right. That makes them small business owners. Right. Even if they're one. But some artists, such as Mark Ailing, I believe that he employs sometimes up to eight, sometimes beyond that, artists. They're local artists and all different types of artists. And so that is a small part of this engine that is the arts and cultural aspect of our economy. And certainly tourism. There's no question that the arts attract tourism. Full disclosure, we all know that my husband designed the Dali Museum and the James Museum and the Hazel Huffwing and Conservatory of the MFA. But let's just take the Dali because I think that it is very much featured in a lot of the advertisements. When I get my Sunday New York Times and I open the magazine, right. and it's the travel magazine. Invariably, when you see Visit St. Pete Clearwater, you see the Dali. Why? Because it's already become a symbol, and people flock to it from all over. You visit the Dali, and you see a lot of your neighbors, but you also hear all of these different languages, right. and it's clear that they're visitors from overseas. So I think that that's a big part of an identity. Of who we are is our arts and culture. Right now, Janet Eckelman is coming to the pier. TBBCA recognized Janet Eckelman in 2016 with an Impact Award and helped to have her become better known with the business community as well as with the city government. That's where the mayor gave her at our Impact Awards at the Mahaffey Theater that year, The Key to the City and proudly announced before 400 business leaders that St. Pete was one day going to have a Janet Eckelman. And here we are, it's about to come to fruition. And I believe it's over a million dollars was raised from the private sector to pay for the Janet Eckelman aerial sculpture. So that's where I see TBBCA mm-hmm. having a part of this meaningful impact of getting businesses, raising awareness and getting businesses to then come in with stronger support. Since 2008, the late Charlie Henschel that year started our Art Stars Scholarships program. Each year, we give out six scholarships or more in six performing and fine arts disciplines so that's dance, theater, instrumental music, vocal music, visual arts, and literary arts. We offer them to juniors and seniors throughout Pinellas, Hillsborough, and Pasco County. If you're a junior, we'll hold on to it for a year. Oh. When you're a senior, you graduate, and it's for higher education in the arts. We pay the conservatory college or university directly to help defray your tuition expenses. Mm-hmm. This is a hugely impactful program, and it's also beginning to recognize superstars, future right. stars. That's fun, is In Isn't their that- each thing. For instance, our first vocal music recipient in 2008, Siobhan Monique, studied classical music and voice and composition at USF, has gone on to Broadway in New York, is now back home here in St. Petersburg, and she came and performed at our Impact Awards. Mm -hmm. How wonderful was that to say this was our first ever scholarship recipient, and she knocked their socks off. Everyone was on their feet, just raving and still are about her. So our scholarship recipients have gone to Yale, Brown, Tufts, Northwestern, Penn State, you name it, University of Tampa, USF. Really, these are wonderful, real art stars. Right. And how terrific that the business community gets behind this and voluntarily donates to this program. How beautiful is it to be able to say This is where your support is going. It's actually helping to bring an exhibition that wouldn't necessarily have come to this area. It's helping to keep the Florida Orchestra's fantastic artistic director here and engaged and want to be here. We're doing so much good, and we've now awarded well over 60 scholarships in just 10 years. And those are lives that are being... Transformed. We're changing lives. And all the lives that they influence. And the lives that we're changing in a perhaps different way for the artists who find and discover new patrons. Sure. Or have their work become better known. Sometimes it's St. Pete artists who haven't shown in the Tampa side. But again, we don't compete with art galleries. We don't compete with arts and cultural organizations. We're a facilitator. We are a support organization. Very grateful to a long, long history of many people who have been able to make our success.
1: Well, thank you very much, Susanna Weimoth, Executive Director of Tampa Bay BCA. It's been a great conversation. Really thrilled to learn so much about what you're doing. Well, I'm very grateful to be
0: here. Both my husband, Jan, and I feel that we could live anywhere in the world right now, and we
1: very much choose to live here, and very happily so. I'm Barbara St. Clair, and you've been listening to Arts In, the Creative Pinellas Podcast, sponsored in part by the Pinellas County Board of County Commissioners, Visit St. Petersburg-Clearwater, and the State of Florida Department of Cultural Affairs. Arts In is produced by Matt and Sheila Cowley, and if you're enjoying this program, we hope you'll take a moment to give us a review. It's easy to subscribe to on your favorite podcast service. You can find more conversations with visual, literary, and performing artists and in-depth arts journalism at creativepinellas.org.